Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to the belated 100th episode of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I know, we'll get to that in a second there, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, for anybody who's not watching our YouTube channel, um, we came on tonight... Why aren't you? <laughs> Why aren't you, first off? <laughs> but we came on tonight um, to kind of a surprise showing from John Ford. I should introduce everyone who's here. Uh, I'm your host, Marty. Uh, alongside tonight, I have John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. No Dave tonight. Um, he's on the sick list. Um, not the same sick list that he was on last week, but uh, a different sick list this week, which we'll get to as well. He's now at that hangover's last yeah. two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's Here, taken Hooch. a while. Hooch is, Hooch is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a new tradition. I'm I'm all for that, Hooch. Well, we'll, we'll we, all in due course, Aaron. Let's let's let's. All right. Let's not, right. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's introduce the podcast and have a quick back back to what we're talking <laughs> about with John. Um, for anybody who's not watching the uh, the the YouTube video, uh, John has appeared tonight in a matching jersey to the one I'm wearing. So we all know that, um, well, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, um, you all know that I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Um, and, and John's actually a Preds fan, but for some t- reason tonight, he's came onto the podcast also wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. It's it kind of thrown Band me. wagon, band wagon, band wagon. Band wagon. We are going to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Jersey. You should go get your one. Um, <laughs> you, you, you need an alternative team, obviously. Uh, we will talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs um, because the, I mean, there's been a lot going on, um, and and the action is starting to heat up there in the first round of the Stanley Cup. So we will get to that as well. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, we have a, gained a lot of new followers on our social media um, after the playoff final weekend. So if you're new to our podcast, you're very welcome. Um, we we hope you enjoy listening to the podcast or watching the uh, YouTube channel and YouTube video. Um, our podcast itself is a, for anybody who doesn't know and who's new around here, the podcast itself takes the form of three periods, period one, period two, and period three, just like a normal hockey game. Um, and we then have some overtime as well, uh, thrown in at the end for additional questions and any other stories and stuff, but we'll explain as we go along. Uh, the podcast is also a, uh, what's the best way to describe it, lads? Probably like a... Um, a magazine style. We always call it, we, we always call it the loose women of hockey. Loose women of hockey. Uh, yeah. So we will talk loosely around different uh, different uh, teams and stuff around the league. We do. We obviously are affiliated with the Belfast. We are well. We're affiliated. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Joe Ford. Um, we are. <laughs> we are. Um, we obviously have uh, teal glasses uh, on this podcast. We are Belfast Giants fans, but we do cover all hockey from across the UK. Um, let's get to it, guys. Um, let's do a quick. A synopsis, I suppose, a summary or a roundup of the the season's come to an end. We officially were at the playoff final weekend. Uh, the playoff final weekend ended in the way we hoped it would do, and the Belfast Giants took the third trophy that was up for grabs, uh, being the uh, the playoff final the playoff final weekend champions, the playoff fi- uh, champions, taking away that last piece of silverware um, of the year, the triple champions, Grand Slam, whatever you want to call it. Um, Boys, the weekend itself. Obviously, we, we covered it um, during our time over there. We've put in some, you know, some um, sound bites and some of our reviews of the the, the games are on our SoundCloud uh, account. If you want to back and listen to any of that, but I mean, what a weekend! It was just, it was just 
let's start with the weekend itself first before we just kind of uh, finish off with the kind of a general review of the season itself. But uh, the playoff weekend, John, you know, you come now with a media credential, media pass, you know, following the Belfast Giants on and off the ice there. Um, oh, I'm surprised that's not what he's wearing, to be fair. I'm I surprised. Them to, to, pe- to be wearing that and Listen, nothing else. If it was any bigger, <laughs> if it was any bigger, it would be the only thing I'd be wearing. Just if anyone didn't know, I was media at playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah, he comes with his own media pass now. Um, but, I mean, John, from uh, from your, I mean, let's let's just go straight to you. Let's ask the question to you. I mean, playoff final weekend was amazing. Belfast Giants won. I mean, us in the in the stands, me, Aaron, and Dave were just elated. We were completely going insane. But you were on the ice. I mean, what was tell us like what was the experience like? Listen, the whole weekend was absolutely fantastic. Um, just to to bleat on a little bit at the very start, I want to say massive thank you to the league for the opportunity to Luke and his team for the hospitality and just how how slick everything ran over the weekend. Um, you don't realise how everything gets run and how well things are run and look I know we're the we are the first ones to jump down the league's throat when something goes wrong that was a good weekend um, whether you were down in the stands up in the media boxes um, whether you were on the ice everything ran absolutely fantastically so I just want to put out there my thanks for the access and the opportunity that I was given it was fantastic the whole weekend was brilliant I got to split my time um, really fantastically between down with you guys in the stands and covering a couple of games from up in media um, just incredible absolutely incredible and look let's jump forward to Sunday because like we know what happened on Sunday we got to about I think five minutes to the end um, I think the Giants were two up at that point um, and I said to you guys right I, I'm going to run down ended up running down to um, ice side to the Zamboni door with um, Finn and Fanula, which was very surreal let's be <laughs> honest um, stood with them uh, when the empty net goal went in as well and yeah I, I celebrated the the win with the mascots which is very very weird um, then the doors opened and I just I went for it uh, I went out got some an amazing experience getting to be on the ice for that moment Um, seeing the guys come off the bench as well up to Besco um, everyone in the corner uh, what is effectively the NIC's BC boomerang uh, over in that corner it was absolutely amazing to watch that the interaction between the players and the fans the coaching staff um, absolutely everything was just amazing and to cap it all off I didn't just get to stand and watch everything. I then got to lift the the Grand Slam trophies. I got to lift the Challenge Cup, the League trophy and the Playoff trophy. And even better, William Cherry took a photo of me. I mean, lads, it doesn't get any better than William Cherry taking a photo of you on the ice with the trophies. No, you had a... You had so a pre- I, had, I do have to apologise, though, because I didn't realise the way that William was taking the photo. So I have a, a photo, and I want to say thanks as well to Patrick Smith, because he grabbed my phone and took a couple of photos which are amazing um, and have you guys in the back um, 
but the <laughs> the really really nice like HD photo is taken from just slightly below eye level, so it blocks all of you except for Mark. He's he's a uh, a special special person in this. this our, most, our most loyalist fan. Our most loyalist, loyalist fan. And also appeared on the also appeared on the the, the podcast technically as well. For, um, Made his debut. Us? Made his debut. Made his debut. Uh, which we we have to say yeah, thank yeah. you to Mark for that because I know Mark. I know you've been listening, but I know you're you're nervous coming on and, and having a chat with us. But hopefully uh, we didn't make it too stressful for you. I know John tried Listen, to throw you a curveball at the end, but um, that's his first time, not his last time. Yeah, hopefully we'll get no. you back on again. Maybe next season we'll try and get you on the next episode. Maybe. Um, Aaron, um, let's take away from John because there's too much attention has been put on John so far. Uh, let's talk about you know our, our experience in the in the in the crowd and, and in the stands. I mean, uh, how, is this your first playoff win? I'm guessing. I think you weren't there for the last this playoff win. Is, you know? No, and the, and this this is this was my first playoff win. And every time we do our predictions, I'm always like, we, you know, when we're trying to who, who's gonna who's gonna be against, and I'm always like, oh man, see Cardiff Devils, man, I, I can't get. I always have these flashbacks about the Cardiff Devils um, and this time it didn't come true it was amazing my only my only disappointment with the game was that the, Car- the Cardiff Devils didn't score one more goal um, because my bet oh, yes. my bet was, was <laughs> that they would score it would be 4-2 not 4-1 um, so I was wasn't, that, wasn't that my prediction as well when, when we done the it was yeah the, it was actually yeah it was yeah. Um, and I, I just I, the whole atmosphere I mean uh, the whole weekend was just phenomenal even do you know what I, we, we, we went along to the, the Chunder Cup game um, the third and fourth place game and you know even though it seemed to be a bit more like they, t- they took it a bit more serious this year or something I don't know but it was also it was just you know, a, you know a generally that? good game because it was Jono's final game and yeah, I think exactly. because it was Jono's final game you know they really there was a bit more thing about it I know there was very little con- there was no little to no contact whatsoever actually I don't think there was any contact really throughout the whole no. game but it was just it was an enjoyment to watch and do you know what it was it was that that was special at the end of that game to see that guard of honour as well for the Sheffield players to yep. do the guard of honour as John would get it off the ice with uh, with Connolly obviously as well um, and just yeah I don't know I don't know if we should go down the route of getting your thoughts guys on um, what could only be described as probably a big middle finger almost to Jono from his own coach from the Sheffield Steelers I mean I don't know Fox Fox disappeared and didn't seem to well let's be honest I don't know if he came back on I don't think he did let's be honest I don't think he came back on but I think I remember when the final buzzer went and we all kind of looked over at the benches and the 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 two head coaches uh, Aaron Fox and Corey Nielsen did seem to disappear very quickly Um, however Corey Nielsen did come back out and we saw him on the ice and he shook hands with um, with Jono and with Brendan. Uh, obviously, he's coached both of them uh, with GB uh, as well, so he's, he's got history with the guys. Um, I'm not entirely sure of what's happened there. Um, I, I obviously got to interview Aaron Fox um, up in the media scrum uh, after the, the game against Cardiff. And... He had a, a nothing but good things to say about Jono. Now, whether that was just in the public face, I, I don't know what's happened. Um, so far, there has been no indication that Aaron Fox is out of a job. In fact, from everything that he was saying over the weekend and everything coming out of the Steelers, it would appear that Aaron Fox is secure 
for another season which mm-hmm. um, I think if you're in th- that orange contingent I think you're potentially quite surprised at that uh, we do well, that's what that we thought that. we thought that he, he did just disappear because we thought that was it didn't we maybe he had a flight to catch I don't know it was just mm. it was a bit it was a bit unusual for, for, for that to be the response here, and I think do you, know, do you know who else didn't hang about Peyton Jones How's it going, big lad? <laughs> no, he was out of there like a shot. Um, but yeah, we don't. I don't know. Um, I suppose. I think. I think that was a bit of a story that came out of that weekend. A lot of people were talking about um, about that in, about that and what where that what that meant and, and if it whether or not it was a snub or if it was like just sheer just disrespect or not. And I think that's something. I mean, their own fans can talk about it themselves and make up their own decisions of what they think. Um, I think it was. It seemed a bit disrespectful, but um, yeah. I don't Listen, know. Listen, we, we all know that the players don't really think much of that game um, they they do it because the league expects it of them um, and make make no mistake while we say that that was potentially the most uh, impressive third place game it was in no way an entertaining or good game to watch what was the score like it was I metal I had fun <laughs> yeah. it didn't, uh, to start with it, it did look like both teams were taking it really seriously and actually you would have thought that nobody had been drinking the night before but after about maybe three or four minutes of ice time for everyone they all started feeling the night before and you could actually tell that most of them were still hanging mm. um but look, well, coaches, got, coaches, coaches don't enjoy those games either. It's it's not competitive. It doesn't bring anything to it. They're do- like nothing's ever going to change because we we say it. And like the Challenge Cup's a prime example of that. It's, nothing's going to happen there. It's a bloody awful competition. But um, there's a hundredth episode, and I still talked about the Challenge Cup, <laughs> even though we're at the first point of the year, just about where it's not actually happening. Um, um, Aaron, you were going to say something there? Anyway, yeah, I'm rambling. You know, no, speaking of that game, I didn't need a media pass. I actually got to speak to one of the players um, from from the Panthers. I got to oh, speak yeah. to Zian McKenzie in the queue to the toilet of all places. <laughs> <laughs> and it was his first game. He, he'd been training with the Panthers since November, um, and that was his first game on ice, and he got a point. Um, was nice he doing up at the concourse at the toilets during the game? After the game, it was amazing. Like it was so like so. I was dandering to the loo, and <laughs> there was this guy in a suit, and, I, and he was just like kind of walking around, like obviously walking around on a on a podcast. Then then the motions on a podcast doesn't help. <laughs> walking walking down the concourse, kills a cucumber, and then I was like, "All right, you're, you're right there." And then we just started talking in the queue to the loo. And uh, he was like, yeah, my name's Dan McKenzie. I'm, I'm, you know, one of the players. I think I'm with Marty here. If I saw somebody acting weird around the toilets, the last thing I would do is go and chat to them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I handed him one of your business cards. So (laughs) he's got the number. Oh, my (laughs) word. Um, I I feel like we should be, I feel like we should put in a, 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 we should say it now that what happened at playoffs should stay at playoffs. Um, A number of life choices were made that um, we we can't get back. Yes, uh, John is holding one of our uh, elusive, <laughs> business cards, uh, which were not if you're in that. They weren't elusive if you're in that dirty corner outside bunkers. No, thanks, I, lads. I'm slightly concerned um, that we were still going to get a letter from um, or an email from Nottingham Borough Council to say uh, you have been littering around Nottingham. We are charging you one thousand pounds. <laughs> all the big men in Nottingham are listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, no, it was a fantastic weekend overall, um, and obviously that was a that was that was not an easy. Final either? No, like the, the first two periods. It was at the end. It, well, at the end, the final period. But those nah, first yeah. two periods. It was, a, were... it was a third period game. It was a third period yeah, game. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think for two periods outside of the period breaks. I don't think I spoke to you guys. 
No. I, I couldn't. I, I was sitting edge of my seat. It was a fantastic game. Um, really, really good. And absolutely loved it. Um, that is the way that you want to win a championship. I feel really sad saying it, but you don't want to win a championship the way that we did against Fife in the Challenge Cup. What you want is a game like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Great weekend. Yeah. Great new friends as well. Like, oh, we, we talked about the, the teams, but like that weekend, just meeting everyone. Like, we met some amazing fans from uh, the, the. Who did we meet in the. Um, Coventry. Were having breakfast? Flames. The Flames fans. They, oh, were, they were great Flames fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, and the yeah, Blaze, yeah. The, the Blaze fans that we met in Bunkers as well. Source. We met Soros. Soros. We met Soros as well. Oh, yes. Um, and Marty, you, you made friends with a, a pineapple at some point in Saltbox for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Again, these are stories that were supposed to stay away from the podcast. Um, I have that on oh, video. Marty, Marty speaking, of that prob- that. No, no, speaking of things that probably... No, no, no. Speaking of things that probably shouldn't make it to the podcast. Um, Marty, what did you do in Saltbox as soon as Besco walked in? Oh, yeah. It wasn't, as, you- soo- it wasn't as soon as he walked in. It wasn't as soon as he walked in, but... <laughs> We were having, we were, look, listen, me and Besco were having a really nice conversation outside the front of Softbox about our favourite uh, baked goods and what his favourite baked goods are and, you know, talking about things like Biscoff, you know, brownies and everything else. And obviously I got a bit animated with my pint in my hand and I accidentally kind of threw it, on, threw it on him. Um, you swelled Besco. Yeah, I kind of threw beer See if on he doesn't resign. See if he doesn't resign. It was when he it was when he said, um, "You do realise these are the only shoes I have with me, and I have to go home in these." And I was like, "Oh, sorry." Oh, question. I love left. Joe's tweet. What, what did Joe tweet you the next day? Didn't you put you put you put a tweet up? And she replied, "At least you didn't throw a pint over it or something like that." Yeah. <laughs> let's just, yeah. Let's, oh, Joe, Joe was absolute fire the first couple of days after uh, playoffs because I put something on and she just put on. Uh, Sure, have you got a business card? <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. won't talk about. Let's not talk about too much about Twitter after playoffs because uh, about a certain Belfast Giants player didn't hold back on Twitter wow. from Monday morning. Absolute just fantastic. Boom, boom. <laughs> the the idea. I'm sure around the league, as soon as those replies were starting to come out from him, people were just go, sitting back, going, "Oh, hang on." I just wanted Word. to troll you. I didn't want you to reply to me. <laughs> while the other players, while everyone else was like, "Give me some popcorn, please." While the other player, while the other players around the league were like, "Wait, wait, can we do that now? Are we allowed to do this now?" <laughs> I'm just like, why not? The season tops can't do anything why to not? them. Why not? Why um, not? Guys, before we move over, before we move on to our, our regular scheduled view, uh, viewing or re- listenership or whatever it might be, I don't know. Um, let's just. I just want to kind of get your thoughts, your final thoughts on the the 2022-2023 Elite League season. Um, I mean, generally, overall, we obviously the Giants took away all silverware, so obviously we're happy. Um, and although they took away, all, although the Belfast Giants took away all three trophies this 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 year, it doesn't necessarily mean that the season itself wasn't uh, an exciting season. Um, I mean, I think we all agree the season itself overall was a pretty exciting season compared to some of the previous seasons. John, I mean, this season alone, you know, obviously we've seen, we've talked about it before, we've seen the, the Guildford Flames were right up there in the running for the league. We've seen the likes of Fife Flyers hit the final for the Challenge Cup. Yes, the, 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 the playoff final weekend was again the Belfast Giants versus the Cardiff Devils, but the Cardiff Devils, you know, obviously had a, a bit of a a rocky year this year obviously end in fourth place in the league I mean the season itself I mean what's your thoughts in terms of this compared to other seasons 
Well, I mean, you said it, like, we look at it with Teal Tinted Spectacles, it was a fantastic season. Um, we, we've done it, we're one of only two teams to win the proper Grand Slam. Nottingham fans, I don't care what you say, you didn't win a Grand Slam, there was another trophy up for grabs that year, it was a Grand Sham. Um, but the the Flyers hitting the Challenge Cup final, that's fantastic. Um, unfortunately, I don't see that franchise building from that. That's really, really sad because that's uh, a team. Now, I've heard rumours that there's potential big changes coming in Fife, um, that more behind the scenes than it is uh, sort of front of house and on the bench, which is a real shame. I think that organisation needs change. Um, has been a complete washout if you're a Sheffield Steeler or Nottingham Panthers fan. Uh, I think you're massively disappointed. Uh, Panthers fans especially, that's a run of seasons now where it's been really, really poor um, and they've walked away with, with nothing over the last few seasons. Seventh um, in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not great. That's not where they want to be, but we're going to chat about the Panthers later on and they're going to hope for change yeah. coming next season. Um, Sheffield, um, higher finish in all the other competitions uh, than Nottingham, you know, their, their biggest rivals in UK hockey, but it's still a disaster of a season. Uh, they didn't make a single final um, through the season, didn't meet the Challenge Cup final. They got hammered by Fife in the Challenge Cup to reach the final. Um, playoffs, yes, you could say that they were... Look, that's it's an overtime win for Cardiff, and you could sit here and chat about it being the referees who won the game for Cardiff if you want but at the end of the day Sheffield you lost in semi-final again you didn't make the final you, you didn't have a shot um, Coventry Coventry were weird Coventry looked like they were really strong um, coming into the season and I think Guilford took everyone by surprise by sort of the leap that they took on and it's really weird as soon as Guilford started doing that I stopped paying attention to Coventry Yeah, I, I don't know why um, yeah. I, I don't know why I did that and just nothing that Danny Stewart did with that team this year really excited anyone I think they were they were like a real I don't know am I right in saying they were like a Doug Christensen team this year they, they did all the right things but nothing happened for them they, they stayed that middle ground team Co- Coventry was a weird one this year I mean I think you're right they started off so strong our, our attention everybody's focus was on Coventry at the start and then flames took off and then all of a sudden people were like whoa Let's change focus on not yeah. looking at comedy. Let's look at, but it's funny because then the Blaze had that they kind of went, they, they do that thing where they kind of went, and then all of a sudden yeah. that last they had the a last, pre-Christmas they had a pre-Christmas yeah, drop I think post, like uh, the last two months they, they had that they had that new signing after that the signing the, the signing of that new the new goaltender there things started yeah. increasing and again and then they were taking points left right and centre I mean it's right to say Coventry probably again <laughs> for another year Coventry probably helped the Giants secure parts of the league mm. because they at one point Coventry took out massive points out of Sheffield and took massive points out of the, Gil- the Guildford Flames whenever that new goaltender was signed so again we're, we're thankful again to Coventry whereas the second year running we've, te- we've got a league where Coventry kind of helped a wee tiny bit in some ways and they don't realise that they did it so Coventry Coventry helped but I think they were also they were victims of what was going on around them as well the, the teams ahead of them were way ahead of them the teams behind them were way behind them yeah they they were victims of being stuck in that middle yeah, no man's land for 
probably the last third of the season. Uh, realistically, there was no silverware on offer for them. Their entire season was coming down to playoffs, really. And I, I said it before playoffs, before we uh, even saw the um, quarterfinals. I'm pretty sure I said, I'm not going to listen back. Somebody can listen back and tell me what I said. Uh, I'm not going to spend the time doing it. Um, but I'm pretty sure I said that Coventry would be a dangerous team because they've been gearing up for playoffs. They should have been gearing up for playoffs from January. That should have been what they were building to, and they clearly didn't do it, which is a real, real shame. But you talk about shames. Let's talk about the Scottish teams. Um, I mean, they've. I mean, we're. Well, um, I don't. I don't. Ha- I actually didn't put the story in for period one, um, but we will probably just we'll talk about it maybe just in period one anyway because someone remind me when we're talking about Glasgow um, obviously oh, Glasgow you have put it in so we know yep. we obviously know Glasgow started off such a poor, seat, poor start to their season it got worse as well as the season went on um, but then they still ended up being the top team in Scotland yep. um, yeah um, look that's not that's not by much, not but it's a reflection. Much. It's not really a reflection on them. Yes, they rallied, and the the squad that they had that stuck around after all the mess that was the start of the season in Glasgow, they did rally from a really really poor start, mm. and look, they they were propped up by incredibly poor seasons for in the league for Fife and Dundee. Really really sad to see Dundee sitting rooted to the bottom by the end of the season, and. It's also really sad to see Jeff Mason lose out on a, his first coaching job after just one season. Uh, but coming tenth, I've got to be honest, you, you can't expect to keep your job after that. Um, things things have to change, and things are changing. Um, I think we spoke last podcast about the the change in coaching that's already coming. That was announced, I think, the day after mm-hmm. the league finished. Yep. Um, Fife, I've spoken at length through this season and other seasons about Fife. Um, that is an organisation that needs change or they need to finally accept that the Elite League is not for them Um, which would in itself be really sad to see Fife drop out of top tier hockey Uh, something drastic has to happen in Kirkcaldy I'm sorry but it it does change needs to happen and it needs to be wholesale for the love of God do something with the car park Um, before we move on um, I've got two more questions or two more things just to talk about before we move on um, our attention on to other things but um, guys obviously the season as I say the season um, has now officially came to an end and, and um, we're now in, officially in our in our off season here um, in the UK um, looking back at this season um, guys each of you um, so John I want you to go first um, give me one one positive thing that's came out of this season not and it has it can't be Giants related give me one positive elite league thing that you think of this season that you can think of for this season something that you think has been really po- a, a positive step forward or something positive that's came out of the elite league this season one thing I think was a great positive was the and granted it was an 11th hour change was the league final the that, that league deciding game on Viaplay the Belfast Giants yes yes yes, you said it couldn't be Belfast Giants they just happened to be there Uh, the Giants Flames game it was supposed to be on one of the um, pay for channels on Viaplay and they changed it a couple of days before the game to put it on free because they knew how big that game could be um, for the the game Um, so whether that was a decision by Viaplay whether it was a decision by the league or whether it was a combination of both that was an inspired move 
there's other stuff media wise that we could talk negatively about but I think that was a, a real positive and I think mm-hmm. just in general the the league has conducted itself slightly better this season uh, I think we're we look slightly more professional this season uh, albeit a couple of tweets at the end of the season almost uh, put pay to that. <laughs> yep. Um, Aaron, I'm going to ask you the same question. Is there anything that comes to mind for you, you th- when you think about the season? Anything that you think is a, a positive step forward? <laughs> You're talking about the professional and uh, professionalism in the media. Um, I'm going to go something a little bit closer to home. That way. This lad, we now have, we've had media credential. You know, I think that it's not just the... Uh, yeah, there he is with his media pass. Don't give him an excuse to show his pass off. And he went, he went to Canada once as well. If you haven't heard that story. I did go um, to Canada once. Do you want to hear about it? No. Yeah, yeah. No, I think what, what, I'm, what I'm going for is that uh, one of the stories you were talking about, John, was that a lot of the guys up there, you know, they were the team, they were team-focused uh, media or whatever. Were we the only non-team-focused podcast no uh, so the guys from Chasing the Puck were there as well Um, and and they were there and so was Nicky Watt from 4000 and Counting and chatting to some of the media guys they that was a real positive as well was the fact that the league did now we know that they previously opened up to us we we were supposed to have media accreditation in 2020 um, but this is the first time that they've really opened up to that if you want to call it second string media um, uh, yeah. and, and given those credentials to the likes of ourselves and the, the, the sort of fan production podcasts if you like um, yes I know Nicky Watt is a, a previous player um, he's a retired player uh, and what the 4000 and counting guys do is absolutely fantastic but it's mirroring what's done in the NIHL because a lot of the media coverage that they get is either by guys who do it for the fun of it or guys who maybe have a small affiliation or slight affiliation to a team thinking about Anthony here at Banners um, who obviously Basingstoke he's a, a Basingstoke guy and he's, he's asked us on Twitter I see uh, what does he what does he do when he's in hockey limbo next season um, which is really sad to see but you know what you do Anthony you come over here and you come and chat EIHL with us <laughs> that's true um, I did promise that we'd have you on and I, I, I do stick by that we will have you on uh, well, next season I, I do have plans for that so um, I will be in touch with you because I have a, I have plans for the pre for the start of the season and I'll talk to you boys about it too because I don't think I've told you either so we can talk about that I have got plans but yeah so that that would be a, a fairly selfish one that we 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 got media credentials at, at playoffs. Um, to be honest with you, as well as that, uh, it was what a season. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if it was. I don't know if the uh, if they elite league done anything about it, but like it was just it was just a different season altogether. Like we didn't we've we've already talked about it. we've had a whole season of talking about it. Guildford Flames, Sheffield Steelers being second and third. Like that's. It's been a different season. That's just. I, that's I, just I, I mean, like that. Aaron, I would, I would what, echo what, what you're me? saying. I mean, I would echo exactly what you're saying. The season itself, I don't know. There's been something about the feel of this season right across the league. We see it in the fact that numbers are up. People, more people mm-hmm. coming to the game, more people seeing the game. Um, you know, we've seen those attendance figures that came out around it last more than, month. More than a showed... million, more than a million fans through the gates yeah. this season. I mean, that's fantastic. So again, another real positive is the fact that, like, the, 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 you know, the the 
the attention and people wanting to actually come along to games. I mean, we've had sellouts in Belfast here. We've, I mean, the whole last two, Multiple. three months in Belfast was just like completely insane. I, I mean, we're going to come to it in the third period, but we're going to talk about the charity game that was last week, midweek charity game, end of season, and that was a sellout. I mean, we're going to come back to that as well. Um, but. I mean, in general, I think it's been a positive. The other thing I've said it's been a bit of a big positive this season, although some of them are, are, could do some work here and there, is the fact that every single team now has a pod, has a webcast, which you can now, now access, which, again, this is the first season, I think, of all the teams having a webcast. So, again, great work there, um, ensuring that everyone, that all teams have something. So, again, another good positive, another good positive step. Um, the last thing I want to talk about um, before we move on, um, and that's where this is the last thing we're going to talk about, um, just post-season. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, before we move on. There was one other thing that happened over the playoff final weekend, um, and that was the awards night, which was presented on the Friday evening. Um, obviously, oh, this no, was, it wasn't. Well, no, it wasn't. It was tweeted. It was tweeted. Yeah, presented on the Friday evening. Um, were, were they in... Were they in the, the arena being presented this or was somewhere, it? Somewhere, somewhere, really? some weren't. Um, some people weren't. In, yeah, some people were in Nottingham, some weren't. But one thing I will come up with, um, there's a couple of ones, obviously we, we could go through and can have a look and see, obviously Netminder of the Year was Matt, Matt Greenfield, which is, you know, a good enough, good, good enough show. I think it's a good enough. It's not, it's not, because let's let's be totally honest. How does your Netminder of the Year not make the first All-Star team? Well, 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 this is... Wait, Tyler wait, Bescarani, first, first all-star team netminder, and he's not netminder of the year. He can't be because he wasn't, there, he wasn't there for the full season, so they can't really... They I don't they were care. Kind of, he's yeah. a tra- he won all three trophies, so he's, he was on the ice for all three trophies. I completely agree, because the next question then is, the next question as well is, then, how do you have your player of the year also not be your British player of the year who is also who's British I mean you, you got British player of the year which is Ben O'Connor fair enough playing for Guildford Flames had a great season but the player of the year overall was Scott Conway from the Belfast Giants and he didn't get best British be- player of the year no it's even better Ben O'Connor what position does he play defenceman he's not even the defenceman of the year <laughs> It doesn't make sense. No, um, it's a no, it's a nonsense. And I know it's a complete nonsense. I know, um, I know these are voted on um, by players and coaching teams across the across coaches the league. And GMs. coaches and GMs. Sorry. Um, so obviously, there's a, these choices were made. Some of them were just really just I didn't understand at all. And the one thing I will say, and guys, don't don't. I know, you know, uh, well. I think there was a lot of arguments at the time, but I think you, you can't deny it now. Um, at the time, in at the week, at the time when we were sitting on Friday night, I think it was or Saturday morning, uh, there was a lot of conversations around the coach of the year, which was given to Adam Keith, and people were like, "No, it shouldn't be Adam because it should be the Guildford Flames." Blah blah blah. Not anymore. Not when you get a treble and you get all the trophies. You can't argue with that. You're right. Um, the one one last thing just yes. before we move on we didn't touch on it um, and I, I think we should actually um, talk about Adam Keefe when the Giants won the playoffs uh, incredible touch of class the um, Ray Sawada sticker going on to the playoff trophy um, and it, it also ended up on the other two trophies as well um, through the sort of the, the celebrations on ice absolutely top class mm. um, terrible news to hear about Ray Sawada and uh, Top top class to uh, to put that on the the coaching staff were all wearing Ray Sawada stickers on their lapels on the suits the whole weekend. Um, so massive touch of class there. Yeah, we also uh, we should say as well. I'm just sticking with the Ray Sawada story. We should say um, also as well to for the 
the whole of the Nottingham, um, well, the whole of all the fans who were in Nottingham um, for that game, that first game, and the uh, the one minute noise or the one minute applause um, before the game yeah. in honour of Swada as well. That was uh, was phenomenal to see as well, and everybody taking part in that. Um, uh, I think that was fantastic. Um, and there was also one in the. Uh, charity game there on Wednesday passed as well at the 12 minute mark of the first period uh, and again goosebump minutes goosebump honestly but I'm going to come back to a lot more goosebumps about that um, that game itself um, in, in period 3 guys let's take a quick look at the Stanley Cup let's change focus um, and let's move across the, the water there's still hockey being played in the world um, and I know our own domestic league is finished and we are, our focus now changes to our off season and all of the rumours that will be coming out um over the next few weeks well hopefully some confirmed stuff soon enough in terms of signings I know there was one signing today that was confirmed by the Elite League I think that was for Dundee um, but I'm sure there'll be more by the time it comes to our next recording um, but there is hockey still being played in the world and that is in the form of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs um, we are in the we're already in I think we're around about maybe the fifth game for some um, I think fifth game from yep. most people I think maybe now pretty much all yeah all, all which in, in itself no sweeps in the first round no there, is, there hasn't been that's what I was going to say so th- let's take a quick look just at where, where things are and how, how things are shaping up so obviously we know the Avalanche are um, up against the Seattle um, and that's, they're tied 2-2 uh, in that one uh, Dallas are up against uh, the Wild and that's 2-2 in that one uh, the Golden Knights are up against Winnipeg and it's 3-1 being led by the Vegas Golden Knights the Oilers and the LA are tied at 2-2 uh, across the other side of the, the country we have Boston playing against Florida and that is currently being led by Boston 3-1 Toronto you uh, are up against the, 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 the Lightning and they're currently leading the series 3-1 after what was I'm going to say the most exciting game two really exciting games but last night's game for, for anybody who's last night's game which was Monday the 20 well technically this early hours this morning so Monday the 24th uh, April Tuesday the 25th here in the UK um, that game I've I'm not going to lie I said to you boys before we came on to the, the show um, I watched the first two periods and Toronto were trailing 4-1 by the time I and I just went it's done I'm going to go to sleep because it was already half you two have, you should have known especially after like, Nottingham it was, weekend it was like half two in the morning or whatever <laughs> and I was just like you know what I, I, I just 4-1 I was like there's no way and then I woke up this morning and looked at my alerts and I was like Five four in overtime, but uh, yeah, and I watched it back today, and what a game, what a post, like what a fa- final period and overtime period. I mean, anyway, sorry, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Carolina are up against the New York Islanders, and that's currently three one to Carolina, and then New Jersey are tied with the New York Rangers two two there. Um, so we have yeah, we, we've got another two games to go. Um, some of them, some some teams could do it in the next game. Um, we know that uh, well. Vegas could do it in the next game Carolina could do it in the next game Toronto could do it in the next game and so could Boston um, so it'll be interesting to see how things go with those um, we didn't really do predictions guys um, in our, at the start um, but is there anyone so far you think any teams there who are leading in their, their series that you're thinking didn't see that coming I don't really care about the who's leading in the series what I'm really upset about is the fact that Carolina are going to ruin what could be a two round New York grudge match where you could end up with that city absolutely imploding and just mm. never being the same again. The fact that you've got the Rangers and the Devils really playing in the first season, round, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. did quite well. I think they got through. They, they made it at funny. least the second round. Yeah, uh, I can't remember, but um, not <laughs> the fact that it looks like the Isles, unless they rally 
uh, and win the next uh, three games. Um, I, I'm really upset about the fact that New York isn't going to just explode and then implode on itself uh, in the second round. Yeah. Um, I will say though, I'm on the bandwagon, Marty. Like, there's a reason I'm sitting here wearing my uh, charity dumper dive uh, Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Um, it was a fiver in Belfast. Somebody obviously won uh, post. Must have been after I lost to Boston, Marty. Somebody just absolutely Probably. lost it with Probably. the Leafs and just yeah. threw it into a charity shop. Um, but uh, look, I'm here for it. We've got. Adam Keefe who is uh, a treble winning coach this season a Grand Slam winning coach sure let's have Sheldon lift a wee bit of silverware too why not because let's be honest he had nothing but praise for the Belfast Giants uh, the night after the playoff win Um, so little touch of class there from from Sheldon to know what the Belfast Giants do and actually uh, let's just have a moment for the journalist who's interviewing the Toronto Maple Leafs coach and who knew that not only had we just won the playoffs, but it was a grand slam as well? I I actually don't want them to, to win um, for our own Adam Keefe. Because I, I, like, could you imagine that summer dinner? You know, like the family finally get together. And no, Adam no, because you see what happens is... No, 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 Sheld- hold on. Sheldon, Sheldon brings one cup to drink out of. Adam sits there with three pints. Yeah, I know. Adam sits down his... Adam sits down his three, two wonky ones because obviously the Jazz have broken him in some way. Yeah. Um, so he sits down his two wonky... Well, oh. He sits down his three cups, two wonky, one maybe slightly not less less wonky. I know, I know, I know. Um, but anyway, he sets those down. He's like, ha, ha, ha. but then you t- you come in with the Stanley Cup, and you're just like, the Stanley Cup. And you're like, That's here it. you go. Like, no, you know, let let our let our have his have his time. Exactly. Um, I'm excited. Um, by um, this is our last regular podcast of the season, shall we say? Um, obviously, we're going to move from fortnightly to maybe once a month. Maybe just kind of do a bit of a roundup and see where we catch up during the off season. Uh, see how things are progressing both signs and that stuff but also then that way we'll be able to come back as well as the Stanley Cup starts to progress so we'll be back at probably at the end of May and we'll get a bit of an idea of how the Stanley Cup is heading towards that final um, few that final stages of the Stanley Cup so we'll keep an eye on that I'm hoping that by the time it comes to our next recording that uh, the Toronto are still in the running but uh, John as you say we're about to come Rains up against if, 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 if Touchwood and all that um, if Boston or sorry if uh, Toronto do succeed in the next game and they, they take the series and they move on to the next next round which I'm hoping it looks like they're going to listen um, listen it's a it's the second round second round it's not a it's not a first round it's not the Bruins in the first round. I'm saying it now. I think it's. I think it's good money. Um, on the I'm. I'm just. Yeah. But you know, it's our. You know, it's our kryptonite. You know, Boston is the crypt, our kryptonite when it comes to Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm just. There's always that little bit of a. Um, but we will wait and see. If if after the season Boston have just had, like the was it fastest to 100 points, most points in a regular season yeah, in yeah. the NHL franchise history. If there's any team after a season like that who would put them out, it should be the Maple Leafs. It should be. I agree. This is really unnerving tonight. This is, sorry, John. This is really unnerving that you. It's just <laughs> there's something about it. It's just like, oh, okay. I like it. Shake it off. Shake it off. Um, guys, I think that's it for our roundup before um, before we get stuck into the rest so of our only, podcast. We're only forty minutes into the podcast. <laughs> we're we're well into period one. <laughs> um, so with that, guys, what we'll do is we will get stuck into our period one of hockey. Okay, our period one is a roundup of hockey news from around the UK. Um, 
a number of stories. Um, again, some of these are going to be just quick stories, but a number of stories obviously coming straight out of Freshly off the playoff final weekend. Um, the first one that kind of came out, which was on that Sunday um, of the playoff final weekend, um, I believe was the fact that the... Uh, actually, it was during, I think, the game was in play at the time or just before the game was due to start, but the Elite League and the Motor Point Arena have confirmed that the playoff final uh, weekend has been extended to be played at the, um, the Motor Point Arena until 2029. Um, obviously, the they they've looked at it as a point of the place of I suppose um, you know it's a great city to hold it to hold it and host it. Um, it's one of the, probably the only cities, um, and I would agree, it's probably one of the only cities that is set up in a way that allows for so many fans from right across the league to come together in one central area. I mean, it's I think the city itself is set up in a really good way around the arena. That means that there's you know lots of stuff going on, food, drink accommodation everything's quite central around the arena I mean guys are we surprised by this I mean I know there was some discussion I know some people always argue why is it always not in but I mean we go away to not in we love it um, I, I mean any surprise there John no um, we spoke at length about in fact we spoke at length about this actually before the announcement was made um, over the weekend and no um, you look at the arenas that potentially could Hold playoffs, and you're really you're only talking three. You're you're talking the NIC in Nottingham, the um, Motor Point or whatever it's called in, or the Utility Arena in Sheffield, and the SSC Arena in Belfast. They are the only three that are of a size that you could host a weekend like that. Um, the problem with Sheffield is location. It's not in the city centre. Um, there aren't hotels around it. There aren't. Uh, bars around it. it it's just it's not that central location um belfast look we're belfast giants a uh, bunch of fans here and we love the sse arena but belfast for as much as we love it it's not nottingham um it's <laughs> to coin a phrase that was used this season by sheffield fans it's a logistical nightmare to get to belfast um <laughs> And look, if that's a logistical nightmare for one set of fans and a team to get there for a midweek game, like over a weekend, can you imagine trying to bring in 10,000 fans? Awesome, to, be, to be honest, I don't be know. Awesome. But I don't know. From, from speaking from a Belfast point of view, my, my thoughts on it were: I don't think it's logistically going to be hard to get all of the fans to get to Belfast. I think they're, they're, we've got you know the boats and the the planes and the flights and stuff. They're all easy enough to sort out. That's not the issue. I think what our main issue is, and again, I, I mean, we know we we know one hundred percent that if it was hosted in the SSA arena, that the SSA arena staff, everyone behind the Giants and everything else, would put on would make sure they put on a fantastic show in terms of overall production. We know that would be. I'm not saying anything bad about not production because I love the screen in the middle and everything else was done really quite well we just know that Belfast puts a real show on when it comes to everything around it and we know that would happen yeah. um, but the only thing I and I said and I, I, I do agree with this especially you know after us being in Nottingham again and walking around Nottingham but the fact that, like I mean if you think about the apartments the hotels the food places the three or four bars right around the arena there if you look at Belfast you look yeah. at the SSA arena you're not yeah. coming from over in the city, over from the, the city side, uh, over to across the bridges, over to the SSE. It's, yes. a, it's a 15, 20 minute walk yeah, every single yes, time. There's, yes, there's a couple of food places in the round SSE. There's not enough bars that would be hosted. People would have to, wouldn't be local. You know, you know, you, you pop out from the game during the, during the period breaks or during the game, you know, between the games, and you literally have four or five bars around the arena that you just go to and everybody's drinking around. It's, there's nothing like that. 
you know, it's not, there's nothing like that in Belfast that could, could do the same thing. And the same as Sheffield, if you've ever been to Sheffield, it's exactly the same. There's nothing, there's an entertainment complex over beside it, but again, it's like a cinema entertainment complex. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the, I don't think the, the flight and the boat thing's much of a, is is that an issue really? I don't like, think, think it would be. Like, John, how much? I think. I think. The, I think the how much was your train? That, like, it was more of a hassle well, for yeah, you. But I think. To get I think the issue. Nottingham I think the issue that was is. For us. The issue is not so much with the fans. Like, put it out there. The issue is the the logistics of bringing like three. Maybe four teams. Let's say the Giants don't make it. You've got four teams coming over with all their gear. And yes, they do it all the way through the season and travel over. Um, I just think it's. I'm not saying it won't ever happen in Belfast because genuinely, I think it will at some point. I think at some point the the playoff final weekend will probably tour around. Uh, I think there's a massive opportunity to once every three years take it somewhere else once every four years take it somewhere else uh, take it to Sheffield take it to Belfast um, if for some reason none of the arena teams ever make it to playoffs one year sure take it to Coventry uh, although you won't get Coventry because that's where they do the NHL weekend um, so take it to Cardiff um, whatever like you can get what 5,000 fans in at Cardiff um, and that's that's the biggest problem that the six other teams have is they or seven other teams sorry they, they just don't have the space Um so I think there's an opportunity to do it but yes the biggest issue is what you've got around the arena and nobody else has that city centre location the way that Nottingham does and it lends it's a fantastic weekend I absolutely love it the fact that we're all able to travel you all get that travel element of getting down there it was exciting I travelled down for the first time ever to playoffs I travelled down with uh, my wife and daughter on the train Um, in one part it was an absolute nightmare on the other part it was actually really nice um, doing that nice relaxed one. What I will say is getting the train with the hangover is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> did you have a hangover? Oh, slight, <laughs> very slight. I did. I did eat two. I did eat two lovely sausage rolls on the walk to the um, train station. It did nothing. <laughs> um, well, guys, I, I'll agree with Marty. The, the the city itself is just. It's a really nice city. There's plenty of things around. There's plenty of bars. Plenty of restaurants. It's it's geared towards it. The the product, like you said, Marty, the product in the NIC is is great. What they did is fantastic. I, I don't think it's as polished as what we would get in Belfast. I think the, the on-ice product would be better in Belfast. But Nottingham knows how to do a playoff weekend as a city. And it's it's so well-versed in it. Now, it's 17 years, um, 18 years now, actually, after this season, where... Um, playoffs has been awarded in Nottingham look they know how to do it let's just stick with what we know yeah uh, and I think I think it's just, I think it's actually a really good thing that they have cemented the fact that they have got it there until 2029 and I think it's a great move and I'm hoping fingers crossed that we'll be back um, in, in the near future hopefully if not next year at least the year after anyway so we hope- take it to the bank now I'm telling you now we're doing the th- we're doing the repeat next year Okay, there you go. Um, guys, let's move on to our next story. They came out just um, just after playoff final weekend, and that was obviously the, the fact that, um, and it's no surprise, I think this is probably the worst kept secret, uh, secret um, ever, uh, was the fact that the Nottingham Panthers confirmed that they would be uh, parting ways with uh, Corey Nielsen um, following the completion of the 2022-2023 season. We know Corey only came in as a, sta- a stopgap, kind of as a temporary measure um, mid-season. Um, and I know that they were kind of like, well, it wasn't always going to be a, um, a, 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 it wasn't going to be a permanent thing there with Corey Nielsen, but they did confirm that Corey Nielsen was stepping down and moving away from the Nottingham Panthers, and they have signed 42-year-old Frenchman uh, <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Paredes. Paredes? 
um, Paredes? Yeah, I'm going to say that. I think that's maybe potentially how you say it. Um, and as, as the head coach for the 2023-2024 season. Um, Omar Pasha has said Jonathan is one of the hottest coaches in demand at the moment and we are very excited to have security signature. Um, he has came from working in France National Junior Programme as well as taking the second tier team to uh, the um, how do you say that? Uh, John, Line, Sergey. Sergey Pod. Pontoise. There you go. From the second tier to the top flight in 2019-2020 and has taken the same team to the semi-finals of the French playoffs. Um, and he was also named coach of the year in 2021-2022. Um, obviously, it's exciting for them to obviously obviously so early on uh, in post, you know, uh, so early on in the off-season to announce their coach. So it puts a bit of, you know, comfort in the fact for those fans to know that the coach is in place and can start working on the team that's going to be coming in for the next season. I mean, uh, another, another, another year another Panthers coach um, Aaron I think there was a statistic earlier on you were mentioning about a young GB player um, that was put up on Team GB put up or someone put up a tweet um, do you have it handy there I think it was I'm just a bit I'm a bit I'm just bringing it up here Hold on, um, but, I mean we know that the, that the Panthers have had some issues with their with their um, with their head coaches over the, the last um, number of years um, and as you were saying um, Aaron that, that tweet kind of yeah so it's uh, it came from at GB Hockey Future uh, fun fact uh, assuming Jack Hopkins is back with Nottingham next year. Uh, Jonathan Paredes will be his fifth EIHL uh, head coach. And Jack Hopkins is only 18 years old. Now, there were a couple couple of people replying to that tweet. It's like saying, can you name? Who's the fifth? So it'll be around four or five head coaches. Well, we know there was two two last year. They had two coaches over over the course of last year. Um, Gary Graham. Gary Graham, who got less than half a season mm-hmm. before Corey came in, and then the season before you had a, a change out as well in Nottingham. You went from, um, I think, was it Mark Matheson to Tim Wallace? Yeah. Um, who was there? Or sorry, Tim Wallace to Mark Matheson. Uh, yeah. So Tim Wallace had been the coach for a couple of seasons, and then he got his marching orders through the season as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, listen, the the owner of that team has only got one team to pay attention to now. If the rumours are to be true, and we're going to talk about it. Um, let's so let's talk about that now. Omar, Omar, well, hold, hold on. Omar, Omar is a GM under pressure. Aaron, what were you Omar say Pasha thing? has to deliver something. Um, I was I was going to say sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. 100 episodes and we still trip over each other. This is smooth. But what I was, I was going to say, this is slightly completely off topic, but I was, you know, doing the normal research for, for, uh, based on uh, the stories that we had. So I researched this guy, the guy that we were talking about, you know, Jonathan, well, how do you say his surname? Jonathan Paredes. So he shares uh, a name with a Mexican high diver. Um, Yeah. So I just searched his name. And yeah. And of course, all these pictures of a Mexican, you know, swimmer came up. And I was like, first thing I thought, can't wear that guy. A bit chilly. It's a bit chilly. Can't wear that. Um, And then I realized, yes, this is not the same guy. Good thing you caught that on. It'd be very confusing if he if he turned up next to you. You're like, huh? Why is it a pair of budgie huh. smugglers on the ice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, John, um, you kind of alluded to it there. Obviously, um, Neil Black doesn't have the attention on two teams potentially next year. Um, obviously, news coming out of Glasgow there. Yeah, so um, not long after playoffs ended, I think it was um, maybe actually finals day 
um, uh, a, a news story broke uh, coming direct from the Glasgow clan uh, from Neil Black himself was that the sale process of the club was nearing its end um, TDL Media um, who if you don't know who they are you probably do actually because up until last season they were our main league sponsors because that is the media conglomerate that were behind Premier Sports before that group was sold off to Viaplay um, so that's kind of where the rumours if you were around playoffs or kind of looking at social media just beforehand there was a lot of rumours about Viaplay were in play to purchase um, the Glasgow clan clearly that's not the case people have just got their wires crossed on that one so TDL Media um, look like they are going to step in and be the new owners uh, of the Glasgow clan uh, they apparently are just about to sign the line and are about to sign off as the anchor tenants or leaseholders for the arena as well right, so once I imagine there'll be an announcement in the next few weeks uh, when that all comes because the, the strange thing that you've got there again in Glasgow look they can be really really pleased if they want to be uh, that they've got Neil Black out uh, and I'll be the first one to say that I think a lot of things were mismanaged in Glasgow this season uh, not least the communications that came around what happened uh, and look that whether you agree with them or don't um, that falls at Neil Black's door um, that was a fan base who were up in arms and they weren't really given much in the way of communication about what was happening mm-hmm. he then basically put out what looked like a tantrum statement which said ah, time's come I'm getting rid of this team you're left putting a fan base in a position that they don't know if they're going to have a team next season because you've got an owner who clearly doesn't want to be involved um, but thankfully he's kind of seen this through I think what might have upset a few Glasgow fans is the fact that the um, hashtag back the bid which was a, a Glasgow conglomerate um, are not the preferred bidders uh, there's been quite a lot of mm-hmm. chat around that and from their communications around playoff weekend uh, they seem to suggest that Neil Black basically did not engage with them uh, really after a certain point uh, clearly he has decided that TDL Media are who he wants to to take the team forward uh, as the new owners so we can only hope that something comes out fairly soon because that's a team that probably are going to be in some sort of rebuild mode um, these are new owners which means new contracts for everyone um, so do we see all the backroom staff the same do we see the same GM do we see um, the same coaching staff and players who knows um, I think now is probably more worrying a time to be a Glasgow fan than the last few months really mm. yeah um, I've I- forgotten about that whole bit, back the bed thing yeah, that's, and, that's and I mean, you, you were saying about you know, obviously mis- mishandled management of certain things as well, and signings and everything else that's happened there. And it's just like you know, you just think it's just, yeah. Hopefully, good times ahead for the Glasgow. And as you say, maybe the sooner that gets signed off and the sooner that gets completed, the better. Um, you'd like to think that maybe that's going to be done and dusted by the time it comes to the the, the owners. GM slash owner um, conference meeting thing that happens um, at the start of May. Oh, the fixtures um, meeting. Fixtures meeting, yeah. but also they have the general elite league um, meeting, if you will, oh, the where board. they discuss the yeah, board the board where they discuss import limits, which obviously is currently something that's being discussed at the moment. We know um, as well as any. No, kind I think of, it's confirmed. I think no, it's confirmed. It's it's fifteen. I, I don't think it's officially could be confirmed. I think it's been. I think it's a discussion. It's on discussion, um, and it's up for discussion at the GM meeting or the the owners meeting um, in May. But I don't think it's been fully. Confirmed confirmed yet has it I don't think it's oh, been maybe, press maybe I'm getting it mixed up with the, the NI maybe I'm getting it mixed up with the NHL yeah, confirmed there's yeah there's been no I don't think there's been any official press release being put out to say if any changes to import level
levels. I think it's just been a discussion. I think it's been a rumor that's going ongoing, but it's a strong rumor that we believe is possibly true. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens there. So we'll, we'll hopefully, by the time it comes to our next podcast recording, that might have happened and there might be some news has came out of that. But I know they do tend to start trickling some of that news out now quite quickly, um, which is good, um, which is more transparent than what's been previously. So hopefully something comes out of that and we'll know a bit more. And as we hope, hopefully Glasgow has everything signed completed and done by that point um, getting off on a good start for the start of the season um, last story coming out of the um, out of the playoff final weekend following the playoff final weekend is another change of coaching um, so obviously we've seen a change of coaching in the Nottingham but also coming off the playoff final weekend we have seen a change in coaching as the Devils announced that they are parting ways um, with their coaching team um, both Brody DuPont and also Christian Horn um, will be parting will depart, have departed the Cardiff Devils um, of the Cardinals will be looking for a new head coach um, to take over for the 2023-2024 season. Um, I don't know if this came as a surprise. I know this was, again, this is one of, another one of those rumours, another one of those murmurs that was going around the, in the arena itself over the weekend. I mean, did it come as any kind of surprise, John? Um, generally, probably not. I think um, Brody had been there a couple of seasons now. Um, and I think with the exception of playoffs last year um, for him anyway I think that Cardiff were on for was it a three-peat or a four-peat of playoffs Um, (laughs) really we know that playoffs is 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 valued because that's your championship that you can go into the off-season as champions Mm -hmm. Um, that's the last piece of silverware on offer but we are a a league driven uh, league uh, competition if you like um, everyone wants the league and they haven't won it nobody else other than Belfast has won it for a few years now uh, nobody has uh, held aloft that was it 12 14,000 pound trophy other than people wearing teal jerseys um, and and me um, by the way um, but uh, no it's, it's, it's not a surprise um, you could kind of tell with Brody over playoff weekend I think you got the impression he was a guy who was playing for his job uh, or coaching for his job uh, effectively um, and I think come the, the final result it was, it was no massive shock to see him out the door uh, and the journey begins again for, for Cardiff looking for a new head coach Yeah, I wasn't, mean, it, wasn't this the first time since 2014 that they weren't in the top three that could, be, that could be quite accurate, actually. Yeah, yeah, you could be 100 percent right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. so Aaron coming out we... with the stats. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> you know we're in a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, um, and Aaron's coming out with the stats. What is going on tonight? Um, I mean, <laughs> Dave, Dave, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. I know Dave's not here, um, but me and Dave had a quite an interesting conversation. Dave's not here, man. Dave's not here, man. Um, we had, <laughs> we had a, an interesting. Me and Dave had a conversation about this um, uh, this past Wednesday at the game, and we were talking about <clears throat> the fact that. Obviously, Brody was there for for just two seasons um, in Cardiff. You know, we got two seasons um, in Cardiff, and you know we've seen the likes of other teams who have had coaches and they're, they're parting ways with the coaches after one year and whatever else. Um, we were looking at the fact that you know if we take a, if we take a look at in our own arena um, and we look at the. The, the numerous banners which are now up in the arena including our three new banners that did, did you know we won the treble this year um, but we were looking at the banners and obviously there's a gap in league you know between winning the league the last time we won the league and the, and the next time we won the league you know, there was a gap of about four or five years where you know we didn't win that league, the league for a while we won challenge cups 
great, yeah. We, but we didn't win that. We didn't win the league since eighty, Paul eighties year, up to Adam McKeith winning for the yep. first time. But there's a gap of four years mm. or so between those leagues and we were talking you know we were talking last we were talking about the game and the fact that you know is there an element of where coaches sometimes especially new coaches to this league aren't given enough time to learn and develop now Adam Adam came in as an assistant coach he came in then as head coach and he had a number of years to get before he got the league before he won the league he won the challenge cup um, yep great he didn't but when he won the league but it took him about two years to get to that, that point where he was able to win the league Brody came in uh, again has you know is there an argument being he's made? He's a proven winner. Yeah. Is there an argument being he's made? He's a proven though, winner. That, he, he, won, he won the playoffs. Is there an argument that should be made that, you know, obviously we take Aaron Fox out because I think he's now in his third year, but, or is it his second year? I don't know. But, I mean, you know, is there an argument there where it should be, I think it's two, um, where, you know, there's, there's not enough time being allowed to kind of help people, the, the, the coaches one, to develop the before they're only kicked. in for the, the single year, definitely. Like, was it five was the one year, but then... Wow. No, no, no. Right. So Dundee, um, Dundee. So Dundee. I, I, I agree with you. There, I agree with you. Yes, the the one years are. I have an issue with the one year coaching because a coach coming in for one season. See that start of that season. That's not their team. They haven't recruited that team. Um, they're coming in off the back of deals that were made by previous coaches and look by the ownership with the input from previous coaching squads. Um, it's part of the reason why I was disappointed. I was chatting to a few friends that game after the Guildford game where the Giants lifted the league and I went over to Belfast or over to Belfast, over to Dundee um, to watch them actually kind of get humped. Uh, but they paid for playoffs for me. So thanks very much, guys. Um, <laughs> but um, with the writing was on the wall. Uh, Mace looked like a guy who was effectively just there because it was expected of him. He uh, looked like a guy who was out of a job at that point. I'm disappointed that he's not getting another year and getting the opportunity to build a team that's his to give him the opportunity to build a hockey team around his identity, his coaching identity, and be able to coach it his way. Mm. Um but Mace is a coach that, connections-wise, look at the impact that the Friendship 4 has had on EIHL hockey. Look at the, the names that are now spread across the vast majority of teams. I'm not going to say all of them because all of them haven't signed uh, Friendship 4 guys. But Dundee could have had an opportunity there. Now, we haven't... I don't think we've heard... No, we have. We know that Lefebvre is coming back. Sorry. So he's, he's going to have good connections. Uh, but he's coming in at that point where he's going to be able to build... A little bit of a team, let's say. A, a bit of a team. But ownership will have made a decision. The same goes for the Nottingham Panthers' new coach. There will be deals in place that this coach is going to have to deal with. Cardiff Devils' new coach is going to have exactly the same problem. There will be guys there on multi-year deals. And look, we know that multi-year deals in the IHL mean absolutely nothing. They're not worth the paper that they're written on, even if they are written down. Um, but I feel like a one-year attempt isn't enough for any coach. Uh whether you are a Cardiff Devils and you're looking for league trophies and you're looking for playoffs and you're looking for Challenge Cups, you're looking for Grand Slams, or if you're the Five Flyers and the Dundee Stars where you're looking for basically anything you can get out of the season that's a positive and hopefully being in the top eight to make playoffs and get an extra couple of games and an extra couple of games worth of gate money to come through and give you a bit more coin for next season. There is an other side where some coaches have been given way too long and I said it at the top five flyers I have a lot of respect for what Dutz has done 
not just in Fife, but in the Elite League. Um, he was a Belfast giant um, as well. He did a lot as a player and he continues to do a lot as a coach and he is a fantastic guy. But I can't help but feel that the time is right for him to move on to something else. And the Five Flyers fans and organisation are due change and mm-hmm. it, it has to come. So that there is a balance to strike. Um, a losing coach is not always a losing coach and a winning coach is not always a winning coach. Um, I mean guys I mean there's so much more I feel like we could talk about around this subject and there's also other things that I would I, I really wanted to put into this this episode and put into this 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 period but I just feel like we're just we're going to run out of time because obviously we're already an hour into it is, uh, is, is one of them talking about how you embarrass yourself in Hooters <sighs> move on which Man, is more embarrassing what do you reckon? Yeah, what what was more embarrassing, Marty, the Hooters incident or the Besco incident? Uh, the Besco incident, by far, by far. Yeah, yeah. Let's just not. Um, and I also should note, I also just for just for posterity as well, because uh, Dave will be annoyed if I don't mention it. I also poured beer over Dave by mistake as well. Um, so you I apologise for that too. Um, he, and he only had one jersey with him as well. Uh, let's move on. Um, I did want to just briefly talk about it and. Um, <laughs> Anthony from Banners I apologise I don't want it to seem like it's just something we've stuck on to the end of this period because I do want to talk I would love to talk about it more and I think actually it's worth getting you on at the start of next season to talk more in depth about the NIHL and about some of the, the, the thoughts around some of the things around um, how, it's, how, how it's progressed this year but I want to give a shout out to the Leeds Knights obviously who have had a phenomenal year this year um, also taking the playoff championship there in the NHL, NHL. <clears throat> um, I did have a couple of questions around the Leeds Knights and I want to get your thoughts on stuff um, but we're just running out of time but generally just quickly I mean Leeds Knights had a phenomenal season this year um, <clears throat> we've talked previously about the fact that there's certain teams within the NHL that we feel could start to kind of develop more over the years and maybe do we see some of them progressing on to the Elite League you know in future times uh, I think this, the, the Leeds Knights is one to watch that's all I'm going to say for now I think it's something we can discuss maybe in a future episode um, I don't know but uh, guys <clears throat> if it's okay I think we'll move on to our over our sorry our penalty box segment for Perion because there is one penalty box coming from the NIHL that I think is really important for us to chat about I want to get your thoughts on it so uh, let's take a quick look at our penalty box segment for period one Okay, the penalty box is a just a little short part uh, where we talk about any notable bans or any notable hits or anything coming from the player, the Department of Player Safety in the Elite League or across the the NIHL. And in this case, there is a story coming out of the NIHL. Uh, it's a discipline update, a disciplinary update um, that came out of the um, following the um, the game against I think it was the playoff semi final game between the Solent Devils and Invicta Dynamos on April twenty eighth of or Saturday eighth of April. In the closing moments of the South playoff semi-final game between the Solent Devils and the Invicta Dynamos. Invicta Dynamos forward Jurge Jurge Husak Huska Huska Yeah. Um. John Line. Jurai Huska. There you go. Jurai Huska. I was assessed a match penalty for interference with spectator, spectators. The incident took place at 59-24, immediately following Solon's equalising goal. Video footage from the game shows uh, Huska unable to close down a shot from Solent. Um, Matt's pit. Uh, subsequent rebound is converted by Solent. Jimmy Fitzpatrick just as the goal goes in. Uh, Huska, who is now travelling away from the goal, turns just in time to see the goal going in. Gliding backwards and approaching the end zone face-off dot at this point. Huska 
then swings his stick with both arms in a baseball bat swing motion, spinning 180 degrees and released his grip on the stick, sending the stick in an upwards trajectory. Unfortunately, the stick travelled over the plexiglass and into the tiered seating, where it struck two supporters. In line with the 2022-2023 disciplinary policy, the act of throwing equipment is split into five different tariff tiers due to the reckless nature of throwing the stick along with the stick leaving the playing area and then the stick then and the stick then striking two supporters the incident has been judged to be a tariff five which is the highest tariff level this has resulted in huska has been suspended for two full seasons from the nihl <sighs> two seasons i mean I'm going to start off and I'm going to give my thoughts and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I mean, effectively, this is ending this guy's career. Um, you know, you're not going to take a two-year ban and go like two years and come back. It's never going to happen. Effectively, that's him out of this league and he's going to move on um, and, and move on to somewhere else. I don't, I don't, I can't remember if the, if the, I think it doesn't follow you. It just means in the elite league in the UK, or sorry, in the UK, you, you can't play in the UK at any level. Um, so he could probably go off back to um, the US or wherever it is. He can't play in any... He can't play in any IIHF affiliated league. There you go. We, we've had this before. I we've mean, had this conversation before where bands travel across leagues. I mean, let's, let's talk about it. Two years, um, and I know like people will say, yeah, but he struck two fans. I agree, something should have been done. There should have been uh, definitely taken into consideration the fact that two fans were struck by the stick, and I am not defending that in any way because that is reckless. Two fans were hit, and he should have had the hit. They should have been in the mind space to know why did I do that? It was an ex- it was a throw, obviously, that I don't think he probably thought was going to go into the crowd over the plexi. I don't I, from watching from from hearing things that is going on. I, there's no video being released, but from hearing things and from 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 hearing what fans are saying, it didn't seem like it was an intentional thing for him to throw it over the plexi. I think it just I, I think he threw it up, and I think momentum has just carried it to that point. The question being is the fact that if we look at his disciplinary history, there's been no. There's been no disciplinary before. There's been no instance of this before. Um, and it's a case of heated moment in a, a semi-final where something's been tied up within the last minutes and there's been judged where he feels it was judged, you know, ref judging was put poor in this case, whatever that might be. I mean, two years, John, do you think? What? I mean, two, two years? A two-season ban is... I don't want to say it's unprecedented, but it feels unprecedented and... This feels very much because there is fan involvement that the EIHA have taken a stance, or the NIHL, sorry, have taken a stance on this, that they they won't accept it. We've seen bans, we've seen lengthy bans before from across hockey for interaction with fans. Uh, We just have to look at Matt Nickerson. now that was a very different situation. That was a, a fan directly going in. Um, in that one, I, I don't agree with that one either. I think that Matt was um, <laughs> probably took it a bit too far, but uh, effectively was protecting himself from that one. Uh, but again, that's not the incident we're talking about. Um, two seasons does seem incredibly harsh, given uh, Huska had uh, a fairly clean disciplinary record up to this point. Uh, it is out of character the uh, and to note as well the Invicta Dynamos have put out a statement uh, as well in support of Huska um, and they've said that they feel it's incredibly harsh uh, they go on to say that Huska himself and the club management have personally apologised to the parties involved uh, and that was at the time 
and ensured that they were all okay. Um, the others uh, that were affected were contacted the next day to make sure that they were all okay. So the, the organisation took uh, a bit of ownership of this as well as Huska himself. Um, now, the club has said that they're going to take some time to figure out what their next step is with this. I feel like um, the club is not just going to walk away from this. Uh, they're not just going to walk away from Huska either. They're going to see where they can go and how they can support him. And I would expect some sort of appeal uh, to come out of this one. Um, it's interesting. I've spoken at length about how much I like the clarity and the transparency behind the NIHL's disciplinary section. Um this one seems uncharacteristically short Easy. for mm. explanations from this disciplinary team. Um, and I get it's the end of the season. It was effectively the second last game in um, the in the playoffs there. So it's it's uncharacteristic and it's sad to see, but I, I don't think this is the end of the story. And I hope it's not the end of the story either, because I don't think anyone should end their career this way. What? I know again. I know that you mentioned that it, it was a different type of incident, but how, like how, we've had two, three stories like this before. Yeah, I mean we've none had none of them were two. None of them were two seasons. No. How, much, how much was Nickerson's? Matt's Matt's was thirty odd games. Effectively close to Matt's was a big one. He yeah. he effectively lost a season. Um, yeah. and that's why he went elsewhere to well actually I can't remember if he went elsewhere to an unaffiliated league or if he actually just retired um, it just seems but, like because that was again I appreciate that was slightly different and that was actual interaction not that this wasn't actual interaction but this was an, it was an accident like as Marty said throwing a stick it sounds like it was an accident it just went a bit far and went over over the plexi yeah um, but uh, like I said, I don't think the guy deserves to have his career, his playing career. And let's be honest, like the guy's playing in the NHL. This isn't his main earner. He's doing this because he loves the game. Um, so he doesn't deserve to have a, a semi-professional career taken away from him because of a heated moment and a poor decision on the ice. There has and look, everyone has said, and everyone's been on social media and said the team themselves have said on social media there have to be consequences and repercussions for these actions. Absolutely. That sort of action, that sort of behaviour cannot be condoned. But this is incredibly harsh. There has to be a middle ground on this. And that's why I expect some sort of appeal to be lodged um, and for them to ask for a little bit of leniency on this one. I would definitely expect this to be dialed back because there's been so much chat uh, online about how heavy-handed this ban seems to be. Mm. I'd love to know more about what... There's the Tower 5, so there's five towers or five levels. I'd love to know more about that. Like, is it like a tick box exercise? Is that Honestly, like, did, I think they just they're... tick, 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 right? It's level five and that's this ban? Yeah, I think it's black and white It builds. So as you go through the tiers, the bands build up. And actually, I think the transparency in the NIHL is really, really clear on that. And I think their rule book is like really available on their website. Um, So it's probably something that we we could research. Um, We probably won't. We'll just ask Anthony. Which is what the start next season. Let's do that. The start next season. Anthony, Anthony, get the the answer written now. You've got a couple of months to get it ready. Um, No, I I agree. I mean, it's. I just. I just feel that. Yeah, there's been there's been a number of bands, big bands of the 
Irish for, for you know, as you say, you know, you had likes of Nickerson. And I think it was Derek Campbell in the Vipers. I think it was it was Derek Campbell. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I'm sorry if I am wrong, but I know there was a Vipers player. I think who also had an application in the um, who actually literally went out of get out of the rink and walked up into the the, the tier and actually started basically fighting with the with a fan. And I know he took a lengthy ban too. I think it was nearly 52 games or something. I think or something along those lines. Again, effectively for the season. Look at what happened in Dundee a season and a bit ago. Fan throwing something on the ice and the player trying to have a go. Didn't turn into a massive no, ban, did it? No. And I think what mm. we should look at, what, it, what should be, is when you look at the fact that there was a physical altercation where there was an intent to hit someone, where you got the Nixon, and I, sorry to say, but when Nickerson had an intent there, it felt like an intent. You know, he was he got aggressive, he got angry at what was going on, and he lashed out and he'd done that. And the fact that he got that, he like, did, a ban. Like, uh, like I said, it was it was a different situation, and, and Matt shouldn't have done what he no, did at and that I, point. Yeah. Um, and, but I still think that the ban he took was excessive from what happened. I but think. What um, I'm, what I'm I think that that happened in Milton Keynes and I think they had a responsibility there what I'm trying to put in perspective though is when you look at the fact that the length of bans that they got for physical altercations and you take something that was yeah. maybe wasn't a physical it wasn't a direct physical altercation it wasn't a direct physical thing that was meant it looked like it sounds it, like it was it's something it's not like was, he, he singled out those two people is yeah. what you're trying to say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so anyway yeah. maybe we will come back to this story maybe some more will come out of this over the um, over the season over the off season um, and if it does we'll certainly come back to this story um, let's round off then period one guys um, and I think we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey and Aaron, I think you can introduce period two Welcome to period two um, international hockey. I know this. This is our hundred episode. I know what period two is, um, where we look at any hockey news across London, well, anywhere else in the world. And just to keep the tradition going, uh, Molly's done most of the legwork. Um, so um, we're going to start off with one story that I even showed Amy, my wife, earlier, and she was like, "Oh, that looks horrible." Um, there's many a thing that can be said about but once I'll be this particular story but 85 stitches more like that yeah. yeah um this is the uh it was a uh, how do you describe it um I mean in what in the game recently the um Morgan Barron uh, uh, have you seen the photograph first off first of all the, the actual photograph of basically the blade in his face and his eye <coughs> Yes, I've seen yeah. the video. I've seen the video. Actually, I saw it um, when it happened, and it's the is it the goalie skate? Yes, the goalie. So skate. the goalie, the goalie, yeah, it falls down and lifts his leg up, like curls his leg up, and at the same time, uh, Barnes pushed down by another player, but not not intentionally. Just I think in the com- everything that's like going commotion in front of the net, and then it's just bad timing as he's being pushed down and as the goalie's skate is up skate meets face and then yeah. not even just meets face but underneath between the the, the plexi of the helmet um, and the skin so it gets up underneath the helmet as well yeah I mean it's scary so look that the that that sort of injury is is brutal one thing I completely forgot um you talk about him, how many stitches, 80-odd stitches or 75 stitches, yeah. and then comes back out into the play. Um, let's take it back to Nottingham. David Goodwin, in the final, first period, I don't know if he took a, a puck 
or a stick or something to the face, but he was patched up and back out, and he was back and forward to the um, the back room a couple of times through the first and second periods to get patched up again and again and again, and kept coming out and kept coming out. Um, so, look, it happens. It happens in hockey everywhere. I suppose my question with this is, and we've seen like hockey's riddled with like skate to skate to person skate to skin injuries um, there's loads of famous ones with um, goalies with um, slashed throats um, probably Van less Kane. famous is Van, Van Kane, Kane the with the, yep. the arm yep uh, probably less famous is Craig Peacock with his uh, split lip yep um, or is it another element that adds to the argument for full cages full time well, well that's, isn't that's, that what you're I mean, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. What are we doing this tonight? We're not, we're not gelling at all tonight here. Um, Aaron, what were we going to say there? No, I was just about to say, wasn't that one of the stories though, Mario? Was that yeah, the, so the, I, the think, pitful words? I think the argument has been, obviously, you know, um, Morgan had to get, have, as we said, 75 stitches after that first game, uh, that first Stanley Cup game. Um, the Jets were t- up against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, unfortunately, as Aaron usually explained, um, there was a bit of a, a I suppose, just a, a melee in the middle of front of the goaltender, and obviously he took the skate to the, f- the face. And, John, you're right. I think what has came out of this then has been the discussion around... Um, um, you know, we have seen this season, obviously following the Evander Kane issue, with with when his wrist was sliced open, and the sheer panic that happened at that point, where you know everything was going on, blood was going everywhere, the hold of the hand and everything else. We've seen the issues before where they were the reason why goalies were most goalies were neck protection. Not a lot of goalies, actually, some goalies don't, and there's actually um, a number of goalies in the elite league who don't, including our own best Ronnie. Um, uh, that's for the puck. That's for the puck specifically no. to stop it going between the mask and. No. No, they were the originally throat. they were originally designed and brought out following the the issue that happened with the goaltender um, and the the, the goaltender who had his, his throat sliced because there was no protection wow. around the neck because they realised that the, hmm. when they realised the goaltender was the person who was going to be who was going to potentially take more shot more hits because if, if you know whenever they come in and they don't stop in time the goaltender can be the one that could take it out quick quickly in terms of that notion of defence around that um, hmm. so there was there were one of the reasons was around yes okay it's to protect the neck from the puck but one of the reasons I, I believe I remember reading at the time was that it was added on as part of the helmet to protect the neck because of all that stuff that happened with the, the skate so there is a discussion going on ongoing about whether or not this is going to raise questions over the off season about player safety and it, whether or not something should be added on in terms of um, some kind of protection around face or neck for skate injuries to, to the face I mean as you say, I mean, he came back on, played away, and he's been on again. Uh, you know, he's been playing ever since, and he's been wearing a full cage to play, go ahead, you know, go forward to play. And we've seen it as well, where, you know, you said it yourself, you know, we've seen people taking slice to the mouth or whatever it is and played on with full cages. So it's a question of is it something we're going to see maybe more regularly? Is it something that's going to be a change? I know a lot of players. F- from this happened and, and from the stories coming out to say is there going to be a discussion around it I know a lot of NHL players who have already come out and said no we don't want it like, we don't, that's not something we feel that we need but the, the, we same, think it's something- the same argument was made whenever helmets were talked about being brought in and they brought in the legacy rule which was if you entered and were playing professionally before the, the helmet rule then you didn't have to wear it um, the same thing currently happens with um, warm ups um, I think the the rule I think there is a legacy rule um, that I think the rule is you should wear head protection during warm ups 
But if you were playing before that, I don't think you have to. I might be wrong hmm. on that. Maybe you don't have to wear a helmet during warm-ups. But even warm-ups, we see injuries happening uh, mm. as well. You see guys getting scratched because they've got an injury during warm-ups. Um, I think what will probably happen is that there will be step changes, whether it's the visors themselves get bigger and come down further, or do we see a move to the either steel cages or the, the plexi um, cages that we see? I mean, the juniors and college guys have to wear the full cage uh, until they either age out or turn pro. Then they've got the choice. Uh, they can wear the full cage if they want to. I get it that there's probably an image thing uh, as well. Players, a lot of players won't want to wear the full cage because they'll be seen as being potentially soft targets on the ice. Um, but... I don't know. Yeah, give me a cage. Like go ahead. Like I'll, I'll wear a cage. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what I was going to say. When you see injuries like that, I'll wear the cage. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I can skate, like. Yeah, yeah. There's also that. So at the end, it's maybe just something that we we, we might come back to um, over the next few months if it's something that does start to kind of maybe raise its head a bit more over the off season. Um, especially, you know, obviously we know that during the off season we have uh, similar to the elite league, the GMs across the whole of the NHL will meet um, as well to discuss any kind of changes for the the following season. So we'll see if anything does come off that. I don't think there will be anything, but you never know. Um, there could be. One more story in this period before we move on, and that is the story of, um, I think I, I think I'm right in saying it's probably one of the, the first announcements of retirement post-season, um, obviously post-regular season, I should say, um, and that is the announcement of, um, well, Flyers, current Flyers defenseman uh, Justin Braun has announced his retirement from hockey after 13 seasons in the NHL. Uh, 36-year-old defenseman had 189 points in 842 regular games uh, in regular season games and 16 points in 119 Stanley Cup playoff games. Um, played with San Jose Sharks, Philadelphia Flyers, New York Rangers um, and he has also he did help the Sharks um, reach the Stanley Cup final in 2016. Um, his numbers were quite low obviously this year for, this, for the Flyers um, I think you only got I, think, two I was going to was gonna ask there um, Aaron two points in 51 games was he the Flyers top point scorer this year anyway I was going to go for a slightly different spin and uh, whether he was whether he was or not the top goal scorer of the season um, I really like that uh, on his last game everyone tried to get him around to get his 200 point because he was he, he had what 199 199 uh, points yeah. um, uh, so for his last game they done everything they could to try to get him to that uh, 200 points but uh, it's the Flyers we had a tough tough season um, <laughs> so it was a tough old game and also that they had his dad on his bench on the bench for the last period yep yeah, nice touch. Um, and I'm sure um, we uh, well, there's been a bit. There's been rumours out there, shall we say? And um, this is obviously the first kind of the first of the the many retirement announcements we're maybe going to hear. Um, but there has been murmurs and rumours of potentially at least another three or four um, re- uh, potential retirements before the end of well, Ooh. during the next during the off season following the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's been a couple of players who have been touted as potentially re- um, announcing their retirements. Um, I, I we'll see if any of that does happen. It was a article. Thirty-six, though. Thirty-six, 36. Karen. I appreciate 
admit that it probably goes, goes on and does something else, but imagine announcing your retirement at 36. Yeah, I think that's why they're saying about there's potentially another four, maybe four or five coming um, following the playoffs because there's a few players currently in the Stanley Cup playoffs tournament for the various teams who are in around that 36, 37, 38 age range. Um, and I think they're talking that it's potentially that there's a couple of others who are going to announce retirements. So we'll wait and see. It's funny you mention it, Aaron. At, at 36 years old, I'd like to formally announce that I am partially retiring and I'm going down to four days uh, very four very days soon. a week yeah yeah, yeah. congratulations just going to take this opportunity here to say that right. thank you very much you're, it's, you're, it's, been, it's been hard fought for um, and uh, I'd like to thank everyone what? who helped me get to this point we wish you all the best you're one your... fifth retired <laughs> one fifth retired we wish you all the best for your future uh, for your future work, for your future endeavors. I, I mean I don't know what I'm going to do with all this spare time except look after my daughter yeah pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as your wife goes back to work uh, <laughs> you're like okay great yeah. um, guys that's it for period two um, no more stories for this period um, so I think we'll move swiftly on to our period three of hockey. Period three is our general knocky, knocky news. Knocky news is where we talk anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we don't think either fits into period one or two, or we've just got too much in those two periods and we decide to throw some stuff into period three instead. Um, what I do love from period two, I'm just going to go back to it, is that before we actually went into period two, Marty said to Aaron, you can take it, Aaron, and then immediately took over. <laughs> Didn't even let you round out the period. Fine. It's fine. He knows what he's doing. He's like again. It's the hundredth episode. It's it's what happens all the time. He he he's he's. The, it's the hundredth episode. It's the Marty show. It's the Marty show. <laughs> We should do you want, do you want to throw it. some beer around us we as well? We should right? rename it that, actually. Maybe that should be the title for this week's episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Episode 100, the, the M show, the Marty show. Um, guys, in Noki news, there is no better place to start than with the Hockey Can't Stop Tour. Uh, uh, an absolutely fantastic night in Belfast, uh, where the Belfast Giants helped to support a fantastic cause um, for Ukrainian hockey. Marty, I know that you and Dave were there at the game I'll openly admit I started watching the stream um, and then immediately had to go and parent uh, and didn't get a chance to get back and watch any of the rest of the game unfortunately um, but I did watch some of the highlights watch some of the, the, the tweets that came out you I think kind of took over our socials on that one and just seeing the Bash Brothers back together again was something else <laughs> what, what was what was it like what was the game like Marty? The game itself I mean let's I mean let's start from the start and, and just talk about the whole thing the whole part, the whole purpose of the whole uh, that whole charity game and and everything around it obviously as we know the charity game was um kind of no, i don't i wouldn't say it's came out, it came out quite short notice but we like we didn't you know within about four or five weeks about four or five weeks ago obviously that we started seeing those those teaser trailers around what was coming and you know obviously the, the stick tape going on and then we find then we found out that there was going to be this charity game um for ukrainian hockey and about how about you know developing or making sure that you ukraine could still continue to have hockey um moving forward and development of hockey and, and I suppose just the importance of that in terms of you know for for the young people who play it as well as the, the professional teams and everything else in terms of the fact that there's so much destru- destruction and um and and the fact that a lot of it stopped because of the war that's currently going on between Russia and the Ukraine and uh, I mean the whole idea behind them was to kind of raise the money and um, raise awareness for you know hockey can't stop and how important it is um and I think the first thing I should say about it is the fact that the the Giants pull it 
all the stops. I mean, the whole... We talked about it earlier on. We know the SSE, we know the Giants can, as an organisation, can put on a phenomenal show. We know they can put their off-ice kind of production value in terms of videos, music, everything that's going on in terms of, like, you know, the fireworks, everything, you know, we know that they can do it perfectly and we know they're so good at doing it. And this was just another, this was just on another level. Everything from the lighting was right, you know, and the use of the blue and yellow lights. Um, and I think the fact that, like, you know, they were, they were drip feeding us, the Giants fans, the, the, the whole, the, the, the all-star team throughout, you know, two weeks leading up to it. And it was just beautiful seeing all of these old school players that we have missed, you know, the likes of Saviano, who hasn't skipped a beat. I mean, he was phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Saviano was there, Tim, Tim Cook, not the Apple Tim Cook, the Giants Tim Cook. Um, he was there as well. And again, it was great seeing him. We, ha- As you say, John, we had the Bash brothers back. We had Adam and Loiter. We seen straight off first, first, um, first uh, line was the first line in the first, the first part of the game in the first period was a line of Lloyd, Garside and Kiefer just starting it off. And it was just this sheer moment of just like, oh my God, goosebump moment. Um, that's, a, that's a championship winning top line there. I mean, it was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, we had likes of JJ Pekinich on the on the ice again. Uh, you miss that man, and you miss that line of JJ um, Goody and Cons. I mean, it was just beautiful to see. But I mean, everything around it was phenomenal. The team that were over, obviously, as well. We should mention that the fact that it was just a phenomenal amount of money was raised. Fifty thousand pound was raised um, for for the whole for for the event from the event. That's ticket prices. That's from sales of. Um, you know things on the night I think 50-50 shut off backs that sort of thing as well all going to the charity and the cause and there's additional money I don't think has been added yet for the thing like the auction for the Boston jersey and everything else I think that's still to be added to well, that, they that, that they have actually said how much that generated and it generated £3,681 wow. for the, the raffle for the um, Boston Bruins jersey uh, from mean, 2010 phenomenal I mean the whole thing itself I mean from, from right from the very start one of the big things about it was obviously we talk about the all-star team one of the surprise announcements which came uh, as the only way I can describe it is we were there we were obviously in the playoffs and we were in the airport and it was just this sudden we were just standing in the airport we were all st- me, me Dave and Aaron were standing well I think Aaron you were stuck I think over I was, um, I was away back somewhere <laughs> you got stuck in the non-priority line we'd already got through somehow and we were all standing and all of a sudden we just we just all standing in the departure part ready to go on the, pl- on the flight and all of a sudden all the heart was and let's just start getting louder and louder and louder it was like Peter Jack Pe- what Peter Jack Peter Peter Jack from Chelsea check Peter Jack Peter Jack's coming to play and it was just this whole big thing for like Peter Jack's coming to play for Belfast in the All-Star game and even that whole thing of being able to build that up he was contacted on the Sunday night um, so the Sunday no final playoffs he was wow. contacted on Sunday by Kiefer um, and the team Belfast to say we need a goaltender would it be any way you could come over to play in our All-Star game uh, turns out Peter then paid for his own flight paid for his own dime in terms of paying for his own accommodation everything else just to come over to play for the Belfast Giants for that game fair play wow. to the man um, so he had stuff on on, uh, on Wednesday night and he rescheduled whatever it was he had already in his diary so that he could come and play for the Belfast Giants for that one night only how'd he uh, do? Fant- fantastic that first period yep. he was amazing genuinely played really well in that first period um, he was obviously pulled after the first Pier and a half, actually. I think they played pier and a half each. Um, him and then, um, obviously, we had Dicko on there for the second half um, of the game. And yeah, but you know what? It was brilliant to watch him play. And he, he's got some moves. He's got some moves. He's wow. a bit bouncy. He's a bit bouncy. Like a lot of things bounce off him. He's a bit, I would say that. But 
I, I mean, the guy can can get down quite quick and fast. But again, he's a goalie, he's a goalie for a, a, he was goalie for a football in a football league. You know, a football team. You know, he played UEFA Champions League. You know, he played in the you know Premiership. I mean, the man's yeah. you know. You heard it here first. Uh, Peter Cech goes down fast. Um, yeah. I'd be I'd be remiss if I don't ask you though, um, because as part of the the sorry, the presentation of that night, uh, a couple of things also happened. Um, the the final banner of the season was lifted to the rafters. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a good number of the players from this season were there. A few notable absentees, uh, obviously for personal reasons, weren't in the arena. Um, but we got to see that EIHL Playoff Champions 2022-23 banner get raised to the roof in the SSE. And the one and only Ryan McMullen yeah. was in Dallas. This was my dad question. I was like, quickly, just tell me about this. Um, very quickly becoming the, if you want to call it the unofficial theme tune of the Belfast Giants, we, uh, Belfast City. We joke, we jokingly said this, um, we were jokingly having a conversation with um, with Mark and Katrina um, over the playoff final weekend and I think it was Katrina I think maybe had said that, she was like, do you think when the players sign up, for, sign for the Belfast Giants, even though they come in the shortlist, so like McLeod, for example, right. he's good. He's a good example. Do you think they're sat down and told, right, guys, you just signed up, but you, what you need to do is I'm going to give you these lyrics, and you need to go away, listen to this song, and learn the lyrics to this song, because every single player knew the lyrics. Whatever we were singing it at playoff final weekend, all those players were singing it. But on that night, on the night, um, on that on, at that game, I mean, I it's I. There's been many a time where I have been proud to call myself a Belfast Giant, and there's been many a time where I have stood in that arena and I have felt. Proud, like really proud of everything the Belfast Giants do and the production they do and just the sheer just you know there is certain points there's certain moments where you think about it like you think about one of the, one of the big ones was whenever they play that anytime I hear celebrate anytime I hear celebrate embrace I yeah. get, or embrace celebrate I get a little bit like choked up honestly I, I nearly cry every single time I hear it but I mm. will tell you now standing in that arena on Wednesday night with Brian McMullen playing Belfast City the whole arena standing up and singing in the last part everybody joined in and sang at the last part but seeing all those fans with their lights on around the arena I, there's a moment actually if you look at the bit there's a video I, there's a video there someone someone took a video and you can see me kind of I'm just down below him and you can see me literally at one point just like turning around completely looking around <laughs> me because I'm like oh my god but goosebumps I mean my hairs were standing on my arms and I was getting choked up um, because they put on video and stuff and just everything about it just was just sheer emotion and I was I was honestly near tears it was it was phenomenal amazing um, and speaking of tears moving on um, I will say that when they did, did the presentation check um, at the end of the game for that sheer amount of money um, I am 100% per- 100% convinced that the um, I don't know the, I don't know the man I think it's his name um the, the president of the Ice Hockey Federation of the Ukraine and director of Ukrainian hockey is a guy called Georgi Zubko, um, who was the representative who took, who was obviously there as as part of the UK of Ukrainian hockey, and I genuinely think that in that last period and during during that last moments of when everybody was sh- up standing cheering, I don't think that man stopped crying because as soon as he got on oh. that ice and as soon as you seen him during that that final part, you could see his eyes were just pure red he had been crying something shocking and it was just that was the whole emotion behind that whole night and do you know what fair play for the Belfast Giants and I mean I don't think I've seen anything like it in, in, in my whole time as a Belfast Giant and as I said at the start of the episode seeing a practically sold out arena um, for a I mean, midweek game that's the other thing off season and a charity game phenomenal 
it says something about the organisation, but it says something about the fan base as well, I think, uh, more than anything. So, um, obviously, stick taps go to the, the organisation, the guys who stepped out on the ice for both teams, but also to each and every person who turned up on the night anyone who's given money anyone who bought any raffle tickets for anything that was there massive well done you all deserve uh, a pat on the back for that one so so well done um guys next one up um we actually we've talked a little bit about uh silverware this podcast um there's a another maybe less well-known trophy uh, in the hockey world um, is scheduled to come to uh, the UK. Murray, the Stanley Cup is deciding to visit Nottingham. Yeah, um, so this was announced by Ice Hockey UK. Um, I think only today, I think this was announced. Um, They have announced that the the Stanley Cup will be coming to the Motor Point Arena next week as part of the Team GB um, tournament that will be taking place um, over that weekend. Uh, Anyone who is in possession of a tournament pass or game day ticket for Friday the 5th of May will have the opportunity to take their photograph with the Stanley Cup in the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham in the foyer uh, throughout the whole day um, the fact that it's coming along the fact they've been able to get this to come along and the fact that they're going to have it there is phenomenal I was I don't I don't think I did tweet it I was about to tweet it earlier on and then I kind of stopped myself a wee bit I seen um, I seen it, someone tweeted about you know this is brilliant you know the Stanley Cup's coming and you know it's going to be in the Nottingham Arena it's going to be in the motor point and I was going to tweet uh, I was going to say well at least it's it's um, it's Hockey UK or it's Team GB that is hosting this event because if it was a certain other Nottingham team you'd probably have the privilege of paying about a tenner to stand beside it and get a photograph taken <laughs> Yeah. And then also then have to pay an additional fiver to get an official fo- photograph from the photographer. And it would it. be behind really, and it would be behind really grubby plexi too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, brilliant. If you're in and around, if you are going to the 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 hockey the uh, Team GB tournament next weekend, the World, World Championships, if you are going along to those, um, you know, um, make sure you do. If you've got a ticket for that Friday, uh, it'd be stupid not to get down and get your photograph taken with the Stanley Cup um, we because could fly it's a great opportunity. Fly out. It's only 116 quid for a wee flight. Oof. I was going to say guys I've, I've already got my photo with that did you know I was in Canada once and I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame and got my photo with the Stanley Cup <sighs> but did, were you wearing your media pass? not at the time I wasn't no <laughs> uh, I, I paid for the privilege actually to get into the Hall of Fame um, guys there's one last one we, we thought about covering it in period one but I, I've pulled it across into period three um, not so much in the same way that we've talked about this in previous seasons normally we we talk about the the EIHL playoff jersey auction and we tend to concentrate more specifically on just how much money Guildford Flames fans are willing to part with for a, a jersey from their team but this season things took a, a different uh, went a very different way as soon as that auction went live um, guys it, it was, it's been all over social media at one point I think Tyler Beskarowani's jersey was going for uh, over a billion uh, pounds <laughs> oh I, I only saw I thought it went up to 25 mil did it go over for a, bil- over it, a billion it went over it went over a billion pounds at one point wasn't, wasn't there a, a, a devil's jer- uh, jersey as well yeah there was, there was two I think it was Besko and Cochler I think um, were the two um, now when this all first started we saw Besko's was creeping up to about a thousand and people started going what is going on here this this is the first couple of days of this auction. Everyone needs to calm the F down. Um, and then it just kept going and going and going. We got to like 25k, 50k, 100k. Everyone's going, nah, this isn't right. Clearly, when it hit a million, 
things were something wasn't right. One of my favourite posts, I can't it remember. Was when it was got it one... to a million, you thought that it was clearly <laughs> wasn't. <right. laughs> Listen, it's a Tyler Beskarwani jersey. Anything can happen. Did you here. see? My did, you, fi- did you see the? Did you see the tweet from his wife? Um, yeah. The tweet from his wife. It was brilliant. I think it was only at that point. I think I don't even think it was in a million. I think it was like a couple of thousand at that point. And she tweeted, "I have another thirty jerseys in the wardrobe if anybody else wants to buy one." It was brilliant. It was so good. Yeah. It was great. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we're we're led to believe that it's all been fixed now, um, but I do believe that Besco's still went for an incredible amount of money. Um, I think it went for I think it went for about nine hundred and something I in the total it, overall. Yeah, I'm trying to Does it finish trying, now. Yeah, trying, yeah. They, they so they all closed yesterday. I want to say nine hundred nine hundred and one pounds. Besco's went for. There you go, Marty. You were you were talking to us at playoffs, and you had us well warned uh, that uh, we were not to go anywhere near Norris's number fourteen jersey. Mm. Um, how how did your bidding go on uh, Norris's I jersey? I didn't. Oh. I, I, I I mean, it, I didn't. I I genuinely well, I, I think I'm I'm genuinely surprised that she I mean if if the fact that the, the amount his jersey went for if that's not an indication of what the fans want next year. I mean, if that's not an indication, then I don't know what is because uh, I don't know what the total was that Norris went for in the end. Uh, well, do you want to know? Yes. Do you want to know? So, Norris's teal jersey, £850. Whoa. Norris's white jersey, which remained worn, I think, unworn because he didn't play until playoff final weekend. Four hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, I. I mean, guys, like I. And again, this is no. This is no comment to the fans who did put their money in and buy them. Fair enough. Maybe you've saved up your money and you didn't buy any jerseys this year to do this. You maybe you didn't buy any fifth shelf backs and stuff. And maybe that was the whole plan. Was you always like the auction going to these? I just. I just think back to the days where you know we we we. Again, I'm not going to sound like I'm a old man, but I remember the day. Um, you know. <laughs> quality jersey the quality of the jersey now compared to a number of years ago is significantly more poor compared to what they wore a number of years ago in terms of screen print versus stitched and I just don't see I don't see how the money can get to that point where you're spending a thousand pounds nine hundred pounds on jersey like fair play if you have the money I'm not I'm not go for it it's a piece of merchandise it's a piece of uh, it's a memorabilia that is a part of the history of this club especially because it's a a treble winning season and you know fair play if you have the money great but I just think I, as soon as I seen as you joking around John about my, me wanting to bid on Norse's I was legitimately going to bid on Norse's jersey I was because it's number 14 we're number 14 we love the number 14 I was going to bid on a jersey but see as soon as it hit s- silly prices I was just like no way can, no. I, can I just lay it out there like Norris's jersey don't get me wrong um he he was fantastic. He gave his time absolutely freely to me on both uh, both days after both both games. Um, obviously, man of the match performance in the semi final. Um, scored goal, scored the the winning goal effectively um, in that game. Ori's jersey though was the his teal jersey is the championship goal winning jersey, mm-hmm. and it went for just over half of what Norris's went for. If I was bidding for a jersey from playoffs, and Marty, exactly the same reason I said to you at playoff weekend, I won't be bidding for those because I don't like those jerseys. I don't like the screen print. The quality looks pretty terrible, to be honest. But that's a championship winning, treble winning, Grand Slam winning jersey. And the teal one went for 460 mm-hmm. 
£400 less mm -hmm. than Sean Norris's jersey. Yep. I mean, that is mental. I have the overall totals for each of the teams, if you want to hear any mm. of those. Go for it. Um, so, overall, the highest... The highest bids and the, the team with the most with the highest amount was the Belfast Giants with a total of £21,601. The Cardiff Ooh. Devils were second with 18578 and the Sheffield Steelers were third with 16444 um, And Nottingham Panthers, obviously the top four who were in the final weekend, Nottingham Panthers went for £16,052. Um, after that, Guildford's went for £15,600. Um, Glasgow Clan, 14000 uh, that we had Coventry Blaze 6,900 and then down to Dundee Stars 4,800 uh, Ma uh, Manchester Storm 4,300 and Five Flyers 3,600 um, so yeah that, mean, that, that 3,000 obviously 21,000 is the the championship winning team but winning team. yeah but that says something to me as well you've got the 10th place team, team who didn't make playoffs yep who still and sorry, two two teams who didn't make playoffs. Yes, Fife came bottom in there, and they didn't make playoffs either. Who was the team second from bottom? Manchester. Mm -hmm. Yep. They did yep. make playoffs. Yep. They did wear those jerseys. Mm -hmm. So actually, Dundee made more for the league than and never wore them than a team who actually wore their jerseys for playoffs. Yep. That um, that seems mental to me. Uh, John O'Phillips jersey was the second highest amount um, at a thousand and ten pounds. Um and um How yeah, much? thousand and ten pounds. Wow. So there you go. Yeah I can see here actually Norse was in the top one, two, three, four, five, six Norse was in the, in the top ten. He was seventh in the top ten. Norris's jersey. I've just seen it here on the list. Um, it's madness. Well, do you know what? Congratulations to every one of you who's got a, a playoff jersey because if you, you wanted it, you went out and you bought them. So, uh, well done. You've got Perfect. a piece of history right there. I was really looking forward to see how the league was going to spend £25 million, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw a post, uh, what was it? Um, we'll, we'll absolutely walk the CHL uh, because Belfast will be able to afford to sign, uh, what was it, McKinnon and McDavid um, for on one season deals. <laughs> Amazing. Um, John, I think, is that us for this period? That's us for period three. Um, I don't see anything else there, but as usual, you've probably got something from someone. Nope, that's it. I don't have anything either. Um, Mark, what are you doing? Last episode of the season and there's nothing in Mark's corner. Nope, nothing. Don't have anything. Um, wait, that's it. That's that's us for this this episode, but also that's it for this season. That's us putting a stamp um, and closing the, the page on the 2022-2023 Elite League season. Um we will be back, as I say, during the off-season, um, the odd month here and there, um, maybe one off, one off each month, just to kind of give a bit of an update of things and progressions of how things are moving forward with the sign-ins and everything else and any changes that might occur um, during our off-season. Um, it's been a fantastic year. Um, I just want to thank you, you guys for, for coming along um, each week and, or each fortnight and, and joining me and and, and putting, your, putting your two cents in and, and helping out with it and obviously putting in the work as well for this podcast. Um, uh, obviously, you guys help me by just filling all the blanks, asking the questions, and you answer all the questions. You answer all the questions, so it's it's easy for me. Mario, um, I think I think I speak for the three of us, even though Dave's not here. I'm going to presume to speak for him, uh, and Aaron, I'm going to presume to speak for you as well when I say there is no podcast without Marty. 
Um, he continually picks up the slack. We have a, a Google document that goes up live, um, usually about a week before each podcast. And let's be perfectly honest, if it's not 100% of the work, it's about 99% of the input on that comes from Marty. So, from Marty. Uh, Marty, from us, thank you very much. Uh, because without you, we would not have just recorded episode 100 of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. Yeah, that was. That was episode 100, um, which is, I think, monumental for us. I think it's fantastic. We've got to this point and we're and let's just say let's hope for a hundred more um let's go, maybe i'll take the same amount of time but um we will be back next season um we uh, i mean i think we were all we've all had conversations during the, the during the um the playoff final weekend and i think if anything coming out of the playoff final weekend it's made us a bit more hungry for wanting to do more of the same in terms of like maybe thinking bigger in terms of what we want to do john do you have a media pass um i do have so, a media pass i mean well maybe ish ABC of hockey next season. Maybe we'll do that too. Yeah, <laughs> let's get that finished for our next segment, that, which we're going to try and start as well. Um, so Aaron, maybe we should do that during the off season, get that finished, so that for the new season yeah, starting, we can start our new, our new sec- that our new section. Only have taken twenty six episodes. Let's be perfectly honest. What, we've three done, seasons now. We've, we, yeah, <laughs> something's not making sense on the maths here. Um, but if you if you, if you have listened, alphabet. if this is your first episode, <laughs> listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please come back next season or during our off season and and, and listen. To more and, and hear more of our rambling on um, thank you to everyone this season who has contributed through questions who has come up to us and said they've enjoyed the content that we've put out thank you to everybody who came up to us at playoff finals weekend and, and told us about they had already heard about the podcast and knew about the podcast and they didn't need one of our business cards um, so thank you very much for everyone who has came and said hello um, and, and all the helpers that, that give out and our helpers that give out our, yeah let's <laughs> yeah, thank that too um, guys, except bunkers screw you guys um, with that we I think we will sign off for this episode and we will do that as we always do check out this episode and all the other um, episodes um, on our, our website at door14hockey.com check us out on your pro- pro- podcast provider of choice wherever that might be um, whether it's Spotify iTunes SoundCloud wherever you get your po- your podcasts that's, that's please, not on the business cards it's not uh, please like subscribe and leave comments um, it really does help us and we appreciate any kind of support you can give us uh, apart from that you can check out our social media channels we're on all social media at door 14 hockey um so twitter facebook and instagram um john i think you might have more facebook to do from next year because i think we've seen our facebook uh followers increase not just yeah, campbell anymore um so campbell set up much. more accounts he must have, <laughs> he must have. Um, so thank you very much uh, for everything this season and that just leaves us then to sign off for this week and for the season my name is marty i'm john i'm Aaron. have a great week